Hey Dreadfuls, it's Rye. Before we start the episode, I wanted to let everyone know that there is a lot of sexual content in this episode because of the movie we are discussing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast, so make sure you've seen the movies we're talking about before you listen. I'm one of your hosts, Rai. And I'm your other host, Chris. And we are record- uh, We're doing a really, really uh, exciting episode, because I know Rai, in particular, you're really excited for this uh, movie uh, on our last episode. I'm always excited for movies I've okay. seen that you haven't. Yes, but uh, <laughs> so we are reviewing uh, High Tension, uh, a French horror film from 2003. Uh, in French, it's also called uh, Hout Tension? I I don't know. Hot, I believe, or some shit. I used to speak yeah, French. Don't it's a H-A-U-T-E, <laughs> so... Uh, p- I also believe in alternate... Um, title for this movie was switchblade romance oh yes it was um that was the title for the uk version um i prefer that title more but i feel like it wasn't used for the french or the english version because i think it was too much of a spoiler uh, i wouldn't call that a spoiler though mm, okay i guess well i guess if you go into it without any context uh, then I guess it's not a spoiler. I guess on the sec- on the second viewing, then it's like, oh, that has that title has a lot of meaning. Um, but I do like that title. I, I kind of wish that was the title. Uh, uh, but this is a uh, a French horror slasher thriller film directed by Alexandre Aha Aja Aha. Uh, I don't know if the J is pronounced differently, so I'm sorry. Please don't at me. Uh, and it's also directed. Oh, it's also written by uh, uh, Aja and Gregory Lavesio, and and it stars a really cool cast. I think um, I thought this cast was really strong. It, uh, you have uh, Cecile de France, uh, Mai Wen, and Philippe Nahan. You know who she is, right? The girl that played Marie. Cecile. Uh uh-uh, uh, the other one. Uh, oh, the, the Alex. No, Marie, no. You mean Alex? Yeah, she played the uh, diva in Fifth Element. Yeah, and I did not know that. And um, at the time, like I'm such a huge uh, Luke Besson fan, and apparently at the time of this movie's uh, production, uh, they were married, and Luke Besson actually consulted on this film. And I was like, "Whoa, that's that is really cool." Um, so yeah, so just a quick recap about the plot premise uh so two friends uh i'm assuming from college um uh at marie and alex uh they're on the way to spend um uh, several days at their parents house for the weekend to study um and it's uh things go really badly really quickly because uh later that evening a mysterious uh serial killer truck driver um shows up invades the home proceeds to kill uh the entire family 
um, except uh, and proceeds to uh, kidnap Alex, and it's up to Marie to uh, save Alex and discover the identity's killer, um, and it all leads to this shocking twist at the end. Uh, so that's a very, very trimmed-down version of the movie. Uh, right. Uh, you've seen this movie many times. Not only have I seen this movie many times, I somehow convinced my parents to rent this from Blockbuster. That's that's pretty amazing. Wait, so did you see it the same year it was released? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Whenever it came out in Blockbuster, that's when I saw it. Because I remember seeing it on the shelf. And I tried to hide from my mother that I found it in the horror section. So I think I pushed a bunch of films on top of it. And I was like, I just saw this. We should get it. And she's like, if this is a scary movie, I was like, no, how could this be scary? It's more like a thriller mystery thing. <laughs> I wouldn't say this movie's scary. It is incredibly bloody, and I enjoyed that. Yes. Yes. But here's the thing is it, it is a horror movie to a degree. However, I when I saw it, it was in French. And this is the biggest thing that pisses me off about trying to find this movie now. Unless you buy the DVD... The only version you're going to get is this, like, mostly dubbed, partially subbed version. And if you try to find it illegally, you're only going to find a dubbed version. And that makes me mad because part of why this movie is supposed to be so impactful is watching it in French. And you're watching a French horror film. If you're listening to people dubbed terribly, then it just sort of... It pulls me, it pulls me out of it. I really, I really hated watching it dubbed. Like, really, really hated it. I didn't think the English dub was that terrible. I, it wasn't good. Um, and it, I agree, it was jarring in the certain parts of the film where it flips from English into subtitled French. And I was like, I, you know, I was like, okay, and like, I'm, uh, I'm like you, right? I, I, I wanted to be a purist about it. Like, I wanted to see, like, the original ver version. I wanted to see the French version. I wanted to see the version that um, that the directors and the writing team sought to distribute and present. And, um, I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of the movie, I feel like it's driven by the action. So I didn't think... Aside from like the first act, where it's a lot of character interplay within the house, um, once it gets to like the second and third acts, where it's all about um, escaping the killer or trying to try to kill her down, um, a lot of it was driven by just like the pure spectacle of the film, like especially with the gore and the effects. I I love that, but again, um, I find it really strange that like. The, like I don't know, like Amazon Prime or whatever movie uh, distributor, like they don't provide an option to like switch it to French. Yeah, there's an option to turn the subtitles on, but if I'm watching it in English, I don't need the fucking subtitles. Like, give me an option to turn French back on then, if that's the way you're going to offer it. Yeah, it's only in English. I know I was watching in Prime, like it was free on like IMDb's service it's like oh cool free and then i just tried switching the language and it's only the english option it's like uh okay yeah i thought that maybe if i paid money to rent it it would give me the french option i was i was wrong 
because I was going to watch it free on Prime the way you did. But I was like, oh, maybe if I do it this way, they'll give me the option. And I know this might sound petty and stupid. And you might think that, like, we're being really big peers about it. Like, what's the big deal? You have to understand that when I first watch it, part of the impact that this movie had on me that I then later learned in a film class was watching it in French being completely submerged in that world. And also that's the way it was intended to be watched. Did you did you rent it did you rent the unrated widescreen edition from Prime? Or what was the version you paid for? I don't know. But yeah, that's that's so weird. Like I it's so weird that you only have to get it or you have to get like the DVD or like the multi format version just to watch it in French. Like why not I don't know. That's just that's just very it strikes me as very silly. Yeah, it's a great enough movie that you should. <laughs> like, go buy this and please own it and make it a part of your permanent library. Because foreign foreign films, especially foreign horror, um, up until very recently, are extremely overlooked. And this also was like a seminal force of a film for for like the French film community. And just have this in your wheelhouse. Make sure it's in French. That's that's where I'm gonna just leave that like wee little rant because this is gonna then this will turn into like half an hour of me bitching about the fact that it's not French. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So apparently, this film, uh, is is it's a major proponent of a French movie mil- uh, French film movement called the. New French Extremity. Yeah. Um, so, um, have you watched any other films a part of this movement, or what's your experience with it? Um, nothing comes to mind at the moment, but I remember talking about this in college in film class. And part of what this movement is supposed to depict is um, it's an art house movement that shows graphically violent and subversive stories that aren't supposed to leave any questions in anyone's mind that there was at the at the time of this point in the in the century that there was something very like off and wrong and rotten going on in France and more often than not this film is the first example of that that horror fans are exposed to when you're talking about French new wave going into new French extremity. Like that's what I remember. Uh so I'm I'm taking a look at our at the Wikipedia page cuz like that's you know I'm sorry don't add me about Wikipedia uh but uh, uh um it's a uh, it's described as a uh crossover between a quote a crossover between sexual dating and species of violence and troubling psychosis uh has roots in art house and horror cinema um and in particular a film blogger named matt smith wrote the following quote this new crop of horror is something altogether entirely different concerned as much with gender identity as it is with sheer taboo breaking of the screen images of bodies the new french extremity in particular is a wide-ranging set of films encompassing art house encompassing art house darlings like claire dennis and catherine brela 
a filmmaker much more interested in sex than violence, or rather sex as violence, as well as those who might be deemed schlockmeisters by their detractors like Xavier Jens and Alexandra Aja. Um, they take uh, the movies of this uh, movement take a severe approach to depicting violence and sex. Um, and it's a part, it's like a more, it's a more contemporary wave of horror. Cause like the, this movement s- stems from the 2000s to 2010s. Uh, so it's a relatively young, um, and recent development in film. Yeah. And Aja would later go on to direct the Hills Have Eyes remake, which I don't know if you've seen that, but that is bloody and disgusting and very, very disturbing. So he definitely, uh, took his talents from this and injected it into modern U.S. horror. I wonder if, like, Eli Ross films or, like, Hostel or, like, uh, other, other are inspired by that. No, they're not? Okay, never mind. Stay corrected. Well, I'm not saying they're not inspired by it, but I will say that movies like Hostel are considered gory torture porn, and this movie isn't. And... There's a really, really big difference between the two of them. The core difference between torture porn movies and this movie is the lack of gratuitous violence. Hostel is gory and violent for the sake of it. This movie and part of uh, this whole like style is that the violence that's in these this film is meant to move the plot along, and in torture porn, it's not. It's just there, just for being. There. So it's it serves an actual purpose, or it's meant to have like an actual message. And then torture porn is just like, oh, let's see how much we can sicken people. Exactly, a hundred percent. That's like the that is the main difference, and that might not sound like right or it might not sound true but put this movie up against a movie like hostel and you you can see it like it get like the the violence gets marie from the house to the gas station to the middle of the woods to the end of the film each one of those points in the movie is carried through by an act of violence so it moves everything along instead of just slicing an Achilles tendon here, burning an off an eyeball there just because he can. I like it. I like it. And, I, and like, um, the, the violence in this film, I, um, I, I know in the original cut, um, it was like NC-17 and for like the American distribution, uh, quite a bit was taken out um, just to get to that rating. Um, so I'd be really curious to see the full extended cut because like, I, I saw the IMD, IMDB cut. That's probably what I saw too because it's what's available in the US. I think in order to get that, um, we'll have to buy it. <laughs> we'll have to buy like the French DVD. Yes, we need to do part two Electric Boogaloo because I'm really curious to see like the full like the full full cut because like uh so there here are some tidbits of stuff that was cut out or censored um so uh alex's dad um the the decapitation bookcase scene um in the original cut it it was quickly cut away um but apparently in the the nc-17 version it's a lot longer a lot more gruesome 
Um, and uh, I would love to see that because in terms of like a practical effects nerd, like that would that would just like make my day. Um, uh, the scene where Alex's mom gets her throat slashed, uh, there was way way more arterial spurting. Um, um, and then there was more subsequent shots of the body. Um, afterwards, uh, I I love that scene because like I don't know like that was amazing prosthetic work because like the giant gash you could oh my god it was like it was like really really good practical effects. Um, so the death of Jimmy, the gas station clerk, was shortened. Um, so in the original cut there were more close-up shots of the axe sticking into his chest or digging to his chest because there's one scene where uh the trucker like literally steps on his body to press him down further into the blade um there's a scene where maurice strikes the killer's face with a barbed wire pole um so the this yeah well the scene we see at the cut uh, in our cut um um you see the the post hit the hit the killer's face fewer times, uh, and there's fewer details. So in the original version, like she just goes to town even further and further. Uh, there's more blood and more gore, uh, which I would have loved. Um, and um, lastly, uh, there was a close up of a crowbar sticking out of Marie's shoulder. Um, uh, we get a like a brief flash of it in the original cut, but apparently they zoom and pan um in the final cut so those are all things that i would have loved to see because this all the gore all the effects were top notch so this is what your 20th time seeing in this film something like that yeah okay so was there anything new that struck you while watching this again the twist ending just becomes more and more obvious um which i feel like yeah, that becomes more and more obvious with any film that has a twist ending the more you watch it. But I think what I got the most was seeing the different films that inspired this movie. And there are a lot of them. So just to name like three off the top of my head, the... Hyper-violence of this movie definitely comes from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Check. Um, the sort of uh, psychosexualness of this film. Psycho. An argument can be made for that. But then I think my, my favorite part that I can't believe I didn't notice until recent years is the very, like, suggestive romantic friendship aspect of the two girls is very reminiscent of uh, Igmar Bergman's persona, which I actually own that movie because I loved it so much after uh, watching it in film class. And I don't mean to sound pretentious, kid, to keep mentioning, like, film class. I was a film studies yeah, major. No, this is, this is exactly the platform you need to use it on or, you, or reference it. And... and I I've, I did everything from Middle Eastern cinema to Asian cinema to French New Wave. So I, I, I've ticked off a couple of boxes when it comes to movies. Um, but that's really the things that I've started to notice the more I watch it in recent years. It's like the stuff that I learned in college has made its way back around into my head the more I've I've watched it. And those things really stuck out to me. 
How did you feel watching this? This was your first time. Okay, so I watched this at 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, Jesus, Chris. That's a lot of violence for 6 a.m. But this movie, like, woke me up. I was, like, I was immediately, like, it was, it was like, this movie's great. I'm glad I'm up this early. This is awesome. It's totally worth it. Um, so I, okay, so, right, prefaces. I do love this movie. I was, I do have problems with the ending. I knew you would have problems with the ending, but I love it. Think of it, think of it in a frame of 2003, before it was done to death. It's like, okay, so, uh, again, uh, do we do, do we, do we announce spoilers? Yes, it's in the intro. Spoilers. It's in the, y'all, it's in the intro. We're not a spoiler-free podcast. (laughs) Okay, well, I just want to warn everyone, if you're still listening to this, please pause and watch the movie and then come back. Um, so, uh, the third act, um, so this is where, uh, so this is where the killer is chasing after Marie um, in the woods slash the greenhouse. Um, and the police arrive on the scene um, in response to Marie's frantic phone call earlier. Um, and during at this gas station, Jimmy, the, the gas station clerk, was brutally mor- murdered. Uh, then Marie speeds off, steals the car after the killer who still had Alex in the back of the truck. Now the police uh, find the body of Jimmy and they start reviewing the the camera footage. Uh, and we see that, it uh, whoa, twist, it was not the killer. Uh, this male, uh, this elderly but still strongly built male um, with like overalls, like he, he basically looks like your kind of typical redneck slasher killer villain. Um, and then, but we don't see the killer or that killer. We see Marie the, as the one who axes Jimmy in the back, and it cuts to this series of uh, quick cuts where we see that Marie surprise is the killer. The entire time, and she's suffering from this intense dissociative identity episode, um, and that really threw me off. And like, uh, I was kind of angry. It's like, wait, no, what? Like, I and like, not not, uh, and I wasn't angry because, like, the whole, the 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 plot point or the plot twist of the killer being the same person or. There were, there were, or just like that, that. We've seen that before, like Fight Club, and um, I, I just so I, I've, I've seen other movies do that really well and execute it, and I've seen movies that you know just use it as like a lazy plot trope, and I can't decide what it's somewhere in the middle. Is it because there's interaction with Alex? with the man and Marie so close together that it blurs that line where in most U.S. movies, they make it really obvious. Yeah, it's partly that. And it's partly because I, um, I, I guess there was, it, again, the shots were, uh, the shots where we see it from Marie's perspective uh, as, uh, and in terms of her committing the murders are really cut or, or really 
smashed together. So I'm trying to figure out, like, all these algorithms are floating before my eyes. Like, wait, okay, so where where did where did the killer's truck come from? Is she actually driving the, the truck in the first place? And, and like, where, like, like she was interacting with... Or she or she was in bed the entire time. So did she actually walk out and ring the doorbell? And so why did and to to attract the dad? So why didn't why did the dad like react the way he did? But I was reading I was reading up notes where the movie, as we see, it, is from Marie's perspective alone. So it's, again, it's a matter of being an unreli- unreliable narrator. I just just from like a. Le- like a practical standpoint, it's like okay, I'm just trying to figure it out, and it's like I'm all confused. Um, and the other thing that I, I guess I was sad about more than anything, is I really liked Marie. Like I, I really liked how practical and sensible uh, Marie was as a quote unquote victim. Yes, isn't that weird that the first time you see an intelligent human. In a horror movie, she's the she's killer. the killer, and like 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 I was like okay, I was like rooting for Marie. It's like okay, Marie, girl, you're so smart. You can get, you can do this. I believe in you. When she made the bed and she wiped out the sink, it was super intelligent. Yes, and then she she like hit under the bed, but make sure the corp in the ball just in case he checked out in the mattress, or the fact that um she was sneaking so well. But of course, he didn't know she was in the house because the two were one and the same. Yeah, and then so at the end, where we find out they're the same freaking purse, it's like, no. I knew that was gonna piss you off. I was like, ugh. I knew it. I was so I was sitting there watching this movie, and I was just like remembering how much I I appreciate this movie, despite the fact that like I was really irritated that I would have to watch it in English. And I'm watching this, and the whole time I'm going, "This is great." But when I got to the end, I was like, "Oh, Chris is gonna hate this." I know. It was like, I, 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 I again, like, I, mm, I know. I, I know. okay. I so I okay. So I, I will, I will respect the writer and director's decision. Yes. Okay. So, so the she was the same person all along. I just, I just wanted to have a little bit more. Like, like it's okay. Yes. Twist ending is supposed to like hit you in the. Hit you in the face, hit you in the brain, like give you shocking moment, and you're like, oh. But I felt like it was a blood force trauma, and it didn't provide enough. Um, I guess like they didn't they didn't provide enough like context. It, it I'm I'm trying to explain it in the way where like like okay here so in the original the original story, what was supposed to happen was. The killer gets captured, and then Alex gets crazy afraid, um, and then it cuts to uh, the ending where, or I'm sorry, where Alex, you know, defends her, defends herself against Marie, um, or, or I guess, I, no, I'm sorry. So Alex kills the the killer, and then we find out that's Marie the, the whole time, and then what was supposed to happen in the end was. It was supposed to be another movie, uh, where it's is what transpired in reality. Because this movie, or the majority of the film, we see it from Marie's perspective, and it's all whacked. It's all we can't trust it. In the end, we we cut to the psychiatric hospital, where we see her in chains, 
uh, or locked up in the in the room, and a psychiatrist or a lawyer, someone like a, a professional, walks in, shows them uh, like a five minute cut of all the all like all this security footage, all these other footage showing Marie what actually happened, and the guy asks her, uh, like, "Do you want to change your story?" Uh, after showing her this film. And I felt like if I got that cut, I would have been like, oh. I feel like that's what I remember watching. Like the very first time I saw this. Okay, so you might have gotten like the pure OG cut. Because like in the English cut that was released in 2005. Uh, and, and this is the one we watched for mass distribution. That scene where the psychiatric professional expert shows them or shows marie this five minute video trying to shake her out of this delusional state like hey there was no other killer you you committed all these killers all these murders um and what do you have to say for yourself um but we didn't get the cut so because luke busan when he was consulting on the film um he thought it'd been more effective just to go through the quick cuts um and then just cut out that short vignette afterwards to give it more of a special shock at the end and it's like oh uh, uh. i mean I, I again i respect the vision i i respect the film that we got i just have i just have a ball of like pent up like uh frustration feelings with the ending but i get it i mean i mean that's a i mean that's a i don't, I don't want to say that's a lazy trope but I, I can see where they I see I can see where they came from, um, and tried to use that ending because it's it's I think it was just a commentary it, it it's a commentary on like Marie's character of her of like this dissociative episode happening because like she feels attracted to Alex but Alex is clearly doesn't swing that way and uh, deep down Marie's like resentful of her uh sexual choices and her lifestyle and then it just came to a head um also i'm now now i'm just rambling now like i just don't know i don't shouldn't alex be like a better judge of character should she have known that like marie had like these issues i mean in, in, in the real world like well, she she does she does say can't you have normal dreams for once? But there's also this whole separate commentary about this film about sort of like the ugliness of being queer that is sort of underlying throughout this entire film between the way Marie presents herself to I mean to get a little graphic about it to the point where at the moment of actual climax is when all the killing starts. So there's a whole other separate commentary in, like of this movie that would probably cause this episode to go like a whole extra hour. Oh, no, 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 no. We're talking about it right now. I, I, I need to talk about it. <laughs> so I was going to say I'll make a blog post about it. No, we're, we're, no, right, we're recording. Let, don't hold out on me. Okay, okay, okay. So look at the way Marie presents herself. Short hair, ear piercings, the thumb rings. Like, they're not being subtle about her. Also, she's really, like, I don't want to say, like, masculine uh, built, 
She's buff. She's hardcore. She trained with like some expert Muay Thai boxer just for this role. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's not, she's not fucking around. But even going so far as the song in the car when Marie starts driving, the song in the background of the car is one of the lyrics is someday I'll be with you, you know. So there's all of that. When Marie is alone in the room and she has her earbuds in, the song she's listening to is You're Just Another Girl. Like, she's ordinary. Like, she's not going to be what she wants to be to Alex. So there's all these little things that sort of build up and become that subplot of the film. Where the quote-unquote ugliness of being queer comes in is the fact that while she's dealing with her feelings for Alex literally erupts into violence and the the violence aspect of it is a man who is using decapitated heads of women to perform sexual acts on himself the whole thing is a comment is is can be construed as a commentary about how like it's not okay she can't be herself I, I I don't want to interrupt you for no, that no, one that's point. Fine. Now, now, now you're like making like sparks explode my head. So like, <laughs> so we know we know at the part uh, at the beginning of the film that the the truck driver killer is not real. Uh, but we we we, we when we first see him, he's parked and he's giving himself a a, a blowjob with the head of like a dark haired brunette. Now, um, and he tosses out the. Tosses the head out the window. So I don't remember, but like that head looks crazy similar to Alex. So was that intentional? Yes. Like, okay. 100%. Great. Okay, cool. 100%. So this is just, so. Wow. Okay. You're, you're like, you're like exploring my head with like so many questions. This is so fascinating. <laughs> it's also basically like saying like she should stay closeted. Um, that. Her being a queer woman is ugly in a sense and is sort of on par with this male, like with this hypersexualized, like male violence against females. And obviously, all of that may or may not have like been intentional, whether that was a perspective of the director or how the director wanted to portray how people are treating. people of the queer community there's those are two different ways to look at it but it is in terms of that it is not is not like a an lgbt friendly perspective and that's just another thing to just sort of keep in mind while you're while you're watching it because it's it's there it's just not it may not necessarily be shouting at you man i'm shook (laughs) (laughs) this movie's great (laughs) i love this film this film is great, even despite the ending. I it still doesn't detract from it. So yeah, so between commenting on Marie's obvious queerness and then the obvious uh, commentary on the state of France at the time, this movie has a lot of of shit in it that I feel like if an American tried to do, we would just butcher it. Oh, um, could you comment? Like, so I don't know much about French history or just France in general. So around this time, was there like a sort of like prominent movement in the LGBT community at the time or? I can't remember what was going on in France at that time, but I know it was not pleasant. Okay. Well, yeah, I, we, did, we didn't realize this was going to be like 
coming out. <laughs> I I honestly I can't remember. This is me being a, a bad podcast host and not doing my homework on this. I'll look it up and and so what I'll do is I will by the time this this episode is released, there will be a post on the website about all of this so that I don't feel foolish. Okay, great. So go to the blog. Okay, so we talked a lot about like the themes and politics about this film. Let's talk a little bit about the effects and the gore because that was a very prominent part of this film. Oh, super, super fucking gory, which is, again, part of why I love it. Yeah, yeah. So what was your favorite moment? Oh, God, there's so many. Like I know. I know which one mine is. Now, keep in mind, you have to pick your favorite moment from what we watched, not what you wished you watched. Yes, I know, I know. Uh, I think in terms of, like, sheer shock factor, um, definitely, like, the the bookcase decapitation scene. Because that was such, such a creative kill. And, like, even though the cut shot, uh, it, the shot cut away really quickly at the end you just see like the bookcase literally like smash and smear the the, the head um and it's like um and it's so it was done so well so deftly and just with clever editing like it just seems so realistic and then but in terms of pure delight uh definitely the scene where marie slash the truck killer uh arrives on the scene of Alex and she's inside the car, the random passerby. Um, and then um Marie's just slashing um through the windshield and cutting into the driver. Um so that there's a one specific shot where there's a ton of blood splatter that spills over the windshield. And then the, uh, according to the trivia, that wasn't part of the original shot. But the director loved it so much, he kept it in. And, like, so you just see, like, this constant spray all over the windows. Um, and it, it was just really frenetic. Um, it just cuts from the outside to the inside and to Alex screaming. And, like, um, and at the same time, like, Marie's just ranting madly. Uh, that scene was just so cool, so well done. Uh, the other... My other favorite piece of trivia because of that was there was so much fake blood that was used in that scene. Um, when they were trying to do a second shot um, afterwards, uh, they were saying how uh, when, the, when the car was in a close-up, uh, there was a, a bunch of fake ooze from the previous shot like, oozing down the windshield. I was like, oh my god, it's so great. They used up too much blood and it just ruined the next shot. That is brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I think mine is just very simply the scene where Marie takes the post that's wrapped up in barbed wire and smacks the truck driver in the head. It's just so simple and it's perfect. And I like the sound it makes. That scene was so tense, like the, the like the, the flashlight dangling a string, and then the guy appearing uh, behind her, choking with the, the plastic wrap. Um, and that kind of leads into one of my other favorite parts of this movie. Like, the sound design is so incredible. Like, they... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of squishy, bloody body part noises in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty music light, and it just the the movie let like 
the ambiance be a star in the movie, especially in like the the home invasion scene. I think it was a little bit more pronounced so because I was watching this with headphones this morning, like, and it was, uh, but like you could hear every crinkle, like every movement of the killer's uh, jumpsuit and like the the boot steps. Um, uh, the sound plays such an important movie or such an important part in this movie, and it just really drove up the tension. Um, and it just made for like such an immersive experience, and it's just it. It's, and it's such a visceral experience. Um, so, yeah, this movie tries to hit you from, like, all, from all ends, like, just, like, unsensory overload into your body. It's like, ah! And then, and then, and then, ah, oh, God, it was so good. I'm just happy you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, okay, like, now I'm thinking about it, like, I'm, I'm trying to be forgiving about the ending. I mean, it is what it is, and I, I understand where the, the creators are coming from. Um, and like that kind of ending where like, oh, the killer was my, myself the entire time, or I was the killer all along. I mean, that's like a hard trope to try to pull off successfully in in general. Yeah. I'm curious, like, uh, I I know earlier you mentioned some parts seemed to you pretty obvious that was leading to that twist. Like what other things did you notice? Cause, um, the one piece of trivia that I read about was, um, the gun that the killer used to kill the little brother apparently that was the same gun mounted atop of the top of the fireplace uh earlier in the movie uh and so that was like the first clue to ch- try to indicate that there was a a twist coming in the climax well there's also the fact that when marie quote-unquote like finds alex in the house and she's tied up alex looks very confused but she says he can't know that there's anyone else in the house. If he wanted to kill you, he would have already. Uh, Marie's whole thing is that she didn't want anyone to come between her and Alex. She was going to protect Alex no matter what happened. So, of course, Alex was still alive. She wanted to get everybody else out of the way. So, the fact that you open the movie with, I won't let anyone else come between us, and if he wanted to kill you, he would have already... It's just the little things that sort of add up. Also, the fact that um, she was like, I'm so glad that I finally met your family. So now I can fucking kill them. Yes. (laughs) But I do also think that 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 particular quote mostly ties into the fact that um, Marie meeting Alex's family meant more to her than a regular friend, which also just ties into how she actually feels about her and goes back into that whole commentary. It's just, it's just like little things and why Jimmy looks so confused when he's going to, I, I, I seem to remember, this could be my brain playing tricks on me, but I seem to remember at one point when someone's explaining or either showing her the footage from inside the gas station, like it shows that she's the one doing everything. Like, hiding and talking to the guy or something like that. Like, I have a very vague... I could be making that up, but I have a very vague, reg- like, recollection of that. Yeah, again, like, I'm just curious... Again, like, Marie is such an unreliable narrator. So I would love to see what... Or I, I just want, like, a somewhat more clear answer, like, what actually happened during the events. Because all we see in terms of the gas station scene, which is the, the attendant uh, walking towards the locker full of alcohol... And then Marie just rushes him in the axe and slashes him from behind. So, like, I wasn't... It, did Marie, like, just hallucinate 
hallucinate hiding through that entire time. And then maybe did she? Yeah. And then I guess that would make sense if she approached Jimmy, and then what Jimmy saw with the bloody the blood on the killer's hand, he also saw like it was just Marie, but like she had blood all over herself. So, and don't forget, she calls the cops. She was like, there was a man, and there's a truck, and there's a this, and there's a that. Like, she calls the, she basically calls the cops on herself. And she's like, if I blow this place up, is that going to be enough of a, like, are you going to be able to find me then? So you see that sort of, like, flash of rage. And then I think the, the pinnacle moment of all of this that really brings it all together is when everything starts to click, apart from the CCT footage, um cctv footage um is at the very very end when alex escapes and marie snaps back again and she goes after her with the chainsaw so you go back and forth between the two of between the man and and marie running through the forest with the chainsaw and it only stops when alex says i do love you yes i do yes i do marie comes back and they start making out and then then Alex defends herself. Exactly. So it's just those those little things I think are always gonna be there, but I think that they sort of get into it more in the in the French version. Man, this movie's great. <laughs> uh so right, uh, do you have any um like last thoughts about this film? Go watch it. Make sure you watch it in French if you can. Yeah, please go watch it. And, and and please tell us if you have like a French version, like please tweet at us. <laughs> um so what would you rate this movie? Five out of five chainsaws. Yes. I would rate that five out of five buzzsaws as well. Yeah, this is a great film. Yay! I I, I Oh, I know what I, I do have I do have one last uh thing about um Cecile de France like I've never seen uh any other films I, at least I don't think um yeah this is probably the first film I've seen her in but I just want to say I I I, I low-key have a crush on her because like she's she's badass she's like she's so cool she's so talented like one of the cool pieces of trivia I read was that chase scene throughout the woods um where she's driving like the the yellow mustang um she did most of that stunt driving herself uh so it's like hell yeah cecile you are you are great you're a great actor i hope your career has been very very successful hot takes from chris sampson but yeah she's great the 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 cast of this is great um i i really i'm really am curious to see if Aja has done... Oh, well, Aja has done, like... Okay, actually, no, I stay corrected. We talked about it. He, Aja has done Hills of Eyes. Horns. Oh, Horns. He did... I did not know that. That's the... I love that movie. And I love that book, too. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I I low-key lost it when I, when I saw the trailer for Crawl, the, the crazy killer alligator movie. He directed this movie. Uh... I kind of want to see it now because Aja did some great, some good work. Oh, did you see it? No. No. It Can just we looks do- so stupid. Can we do crawl? We owe it to Aja. <laughs> okay, fine. We can do crawl. Yes. <laughs> I yes! reluctantly agreed to this. <laughs> We're doing it. It's canon. On that note, 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. And uh, thank you for listening. I hope you had fun. If you still haven't seen this movie, please, please go out, find the French version, and watch it, and message us about how much you love the movie, because there's no other option. You must love this movie. (laughs) Uh, Again, thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay stay dreadful. dreadful. (laughs) That was fun.